Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Wicca is a contemporary religion that pulls from ancient earth-focused traditions to shape a peaceful, harmonious, and balanced way of life. To learn about this fascinating practice, we are thrilled to welcome Reverend Wendy Van Allen, founder of the Soul Blossom Center in Kingston, New York. Today's Open Heart Conversation is hosted by myself, Reverend Heather Shea, and Reverend Dr. Jose M. Roman. Grandmother, our mother, Tonantzin, she who gives birth, changing one. You whose face is found everywhere. Pacamama, lady of growing things. Mama Cocha, she of the ocean waves. Mama Kija, golden mother of all life. As you change your feathered robes and show your ripening belly, and the Lord of light passes into the grain, I walk with you, loving all that you are, and in doing so, as you are all loving me. Blessed be. Blessed be. That was lovely. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Tell me, what attracted you to Wicca? So, I have always been attracted to everything to do with magic, ever since I was a very small child. Uh, I want to say four or five years old, starting kindergarten. Songs about witches, songs about anything to do with Halloween. Um, It just is, as long as I can remember, anything to do with witchcraft, the occult, magic, mysticism, was something that I was attracted to. And I would take all the books out of the library. And there was the library in our town in New Jersey where I grew up once said to my mother, you know, your daughter takes all these scary books out. (laughs) And my mother, being the open-minded woman that she was, she said, that's okay. You know, she never discouraged our being, even though, you know, we we did go to church. We were Episcopalian. But uh, my mother believed in all the same things. I mean, she was from Puerto Rico, and my mother was uh, raised by a spiritist, my grandmother. And uh, we were open to this, to to those concepts. And my mother was also very much into nature. So that love and that passion for the earth and for nature was kind of what I grew up with. That's wonderful. We hear about the term Wicca, and you kind of mentioned there's some interest in how to define it. What is, what is Wicca? What, is that, what does that really mean and where did it come from? So Wicca is an um, earth-based tradition. It's a nature religion, and it's a reconstruction. Uh, Wicca is pagan. Uh, neo-pagan is the correct term and and pagans are um, modern people who have who embrace pre-christian religions like you said it's uh, very much based in the northern hemisphere most of the traditions uh, celtic tradition a lot of the teutonic faiths um, and i i really think the most important 
aspects of Wicca that are attractive to most people are um, the idea of, first of all, your connection to nature. Um, and nature being is basically the goddess, is, is the idea of the feminine face of God. And um, the, the people of, of before, before Christianity happened, there were indigenous people everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was at the Parliament of World Religions last, last year and we were there together, right. um, I listened to a man. His name was Blair Stonechild. He was an indigenous man from uh, First Nations in Canada, and he gave a lecture on um, the indigenous traditions of the Americas and his people. And he coined a phrase, either either coined it or I learned it from him. And he said, the people, the indigenous people of the planet all received the original instructions from creator. That's what they believe. And to me, that really says why it's so important, why so many people are attracted to pagan tradition. Because it is basically reverence for the earth, reverence for nature, and your connection to your ancestors. And that's basically what Wicca is. It's, it's, an, it's getting back in touch with an ancestral link that basically the years and years of patriarchal religion and Christianity and other traditions kind of buried that. And they buried it in a lot of harsh ways. So, um, and it started around the late 19th, the late 19th century and really in the early 20th century, um, Gerald Gardner and uh, Doreen Valiente and Doreen Virtue, I'm sorry. These people were the original writers of, of a lot of what we have as liturgy. And they created this tradition based on what they knew of ceremonial magic and um, legends and folklore and traditions of European people. So... Um, it is an unbroken. It isn't. It, it may be based in ancient tradition, mm-hmm. but it's something that has been reconstructed since basically around the 1960s, the late 60s right. and the early 70s. I think Wicca started a lot with consciousness raising for um, when, and it has to do a lot with uh, women's spirituality, mm-hmm. uh, which brings me to the goddess. It's interesting because it, it, the, the history that I've read suggests that exactly as, as you said, Wicca, in many, it is a reconstructed faith in many ways. It began mostly in England, it seems, in the 1950s, post-World War II England. And then it was in the 1960s that it was sort of retransplanted here in the United States because of the interest in, in, in sort of non-traditional lifestyles, uh, uh, spirituality. Feminism. And, and, and <laughs> feminism, absolutely correct. Because the two things that you said that I thought were really fascinating, and that is that Wicca connects us to two really fascinating things. One is a radically different experience and relationship to nature. And the second is a radically different relationship with the feminine divine. So let's speak to one of those, relationship to nature. How is that different? How is it that, how is nature perceived differently within the Wiccan tradition? Practicing witches, because we are witches, Mm -hmm. connect through nature because we connect through the seasons and the cycles of nature. For instance, one aspect of Wicca is um, 
getting together for the new moon and the full moon. Right. And why do we do that? Because they bring in different cycles of our life. Um, paying attention to the seasons, you know, each season is a different part of our inner self and right. our inner seasons and also the outer seasons. Remember, these traditions go back pre-Christian, pre-history to when agriculture was everything. Right. Pre-industrial. If the crops failed, people died. Whole communities would disappear. So reverence for the earth and understanding of that interconnectedness, that we are not separate from nature. We are not outside of nature. The creator didn't give us this to exploit. We cannot, we are nothing without Mother Earth. All right. And, and once again, to connect it back to indigenous tradition here, the concept of Mother Earth being mother to us all, giving us everything. We can't breathe all of the elements, earth, air, fire, and water. Those basic elements of life are within us, and we wouldn't be here without them. Would so, it, oh. um, thank you for explaining Reconstructed, because when you were mentioning Reconstructed, I'm thinking it's going back. But, you know, 1960 is kind of current to me, all things mm -hmm. considered. So it, so it is, it is a rebirthing or re or rebirthing is uh, a good uh, word. Yes. A, a refocusing and re-emerging, which is lovely, which is happening with the divine feminine. Now, when I think of the great goddesses and even mother earth, I don't think of that as a witch. And, and again, I'm fascinated. That's another word that I know people go, Oh, they're witches. Explain witches and warlocks and how that, that term works. In, uh, and and in it goes back to the idea that Wicca, the reconstruction is a is a revisioning of the traditions that were buried by the Christian church and these these were uh traditions based on earth worship on nature worship on um seasonal practices uh on healing on understanding of plants and animals you have to go back into prehistory to really understand that um if you think about prehistory we think about hunters gatherers right mm -hmm. And as we know, the hunting side tends to be the male-dominated male, male aspect of humanity. But the gathering part sometimes gets lost in the importance of that. What, what things were important to women? What did we learn from women? Women probably were responsible for everything from language, raising the children, to gathering of stories, to telling stories, to... Uh, learning the difference between a weed and a crop and poison and domesticating animals, all of those things fell, probably fell under women's rights. Mm -hmm. So these were practices that lasted forever. In the Middle Ages, when there was actually persecution of these practices between like the 13th century and the 18th century, those practices became associated with witchcraft. And that's where the word witch comes in. Witch is actually from the Germanic traditions, from the Teutonics, and it means wise one. It's from Wicca, which is the wise ones. Right. And that's where that language comes from. So I remember uh, a lot of my reading suggested that um, in many ways the opposition to witches um, really was born out of the fact that it was witches who mastered, if you will, early medicine. They were the ones who actually discovered through, as, as gatherers, it was women, if you will, what, what specific herbs were good for headaches, what were good for 
that stomach aches and as medicine evolved, what happened was they saw that as a, a competition. And so all of a sudden witches became evil and, uh, and women, if you will, that had to be sort of eliminated. You eliminate the competition. And that's all of a sudden when, when this magnificent wisdom was extinguished, if you will, in the West. Isn't that true? That is absolutely correct. Um, during that period, and again, it was the rise of patriarchal tradition, and we don't want to just say it was only Christians because there was plenty of patriarchy absolutely. in pagan tradition by mm -hmm. that time in the Greeks and the Romans. But what happened was this transfer of power. And women at that time in traditional society, and again, in indigenous society, women were the keeper of the knowledge, and they were the keeper of um, herb craft. They were the keeper of what's poison, what's not poison. They were the keeper of giving birth. And think of the power of giving birth, okay? What herbs to take to have a baby, what herbs to take to not have a baby. Now, today, we are still having that battle over our own bodies, about how, when, and when not to have a baby. That was the traditional work of the wise woman and the midwives. And in those times, and they have a, many estimates of how many people died, but it was perhaps not nine million as what some people have said. I don't think it was that many, but it was hundreds of thousands of people were murdered mm -hmm. by the church. In those, in, and, and a lot of it was because of this fear of this knowledge and this traditional wisdom that women had, and, tr and they, ch they basically handed it down. And I don't think it was organized towards the end. By the time the Middle Ages, you know, all of these things became tradition and folklore. They were no longer uh, religions as, they, as it was in earlier times of the great goddess. But the great goddess is, it, I mean, as you were saying, Heather, the great goddess has been around since the dawn of time. And over time, she, it's, a, it's an archetype that's in our brains and hardwired to have a, a feminine face of God. So when the 60s happened, which is when it really took off, I think, uh, paganism and witch, witchcraft and Wicca was this, this need that we had to, to really acknowledge the feminine face of God in a way that wasn't under whitewashed by the church because for a long time, Mary was that right. in Europe. Mary right. became that. She absorbed right. all of the ancient goddesses right. or the saints. Like for instance, in Ireland, which is a very pagan place, um, my father's ancestors come from there. Mm -hmm. uh, the, all of the pagan goddesses became saints, like, so like Saint Bridget. Bridget. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's you know that really sounds wonderful, and it's the connection to the goddesses and the evolution of Mary, and now we've become witches who cast spells and are scary. H what happened there, or how did that happen, and and why are why are witches scary? Perhaps. I mean, there's, you know, when, you, when you talk about the media or all those books and Halloween, it's scary times. So. Witches are scary because they represent women that have not submitted to the authority of the patriarchy. That's scary. That's scary. <laughs> and during those times, you know, it was a, the nun was the positive face of the, the feminine uh, religious woman mm -hmm. or the mother the, the who is absolutely the wife and submissive to her husband but the woman who wouldn't submit and would be the one who had the wise women the wise 
the wisdom of the herbs and the wisdom of the moon and and these the 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 power to make things happen where people would go for guidance and counseling these people were the midwife was more than just a medical doctor she was the, the counselor she was their therapist you know people would go and talk to them and that was frightening that was outside of the church's power and at that time the church wanted to control everything so that became like the shadow the witch is the shadow and she holds all that energy and that's where the fear comes from would it be appropriate to say that to awaken the earth nature is alive it isn't a dead rock it's not it is it's living So one of my favorite witches, Phyllis Karat, who teaches at One Spirit, uh, she recently did a class on the goddess, and she said the goddess is not in something you worship outside of yourself. The goddess is an experience, and that experience is really nature. Because, yes, is nature alive? Is that tree outside alive? If you want to feel her, just go out and grab some dirt. You know, go and hug a tree, go into a cave. Um, yes, nature is alive. Nature is a sentient being. It is a higher consciousness than us, a different consciousness than us. It's a universal consciousness. And there's no doubt about it because it's all around us. So it's, it's not even a matter of believing. It's a matter of being aware of it. So, what, so taking that as sort of the basis of a, 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 a nature-based religion, this, this deep reverence and understanding of the, the living element of nature. What are other beliefs that Wiccan um, adhere to? So the traditions I've been, um, there's many different Wiccan traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they range from all different types of pantheons. So you have Celtic witches, you have Gardnerian witches, you have Alexandrian witches, and you have a lot of eclectic witches. Many witches, uh, most forms of Wicca not only have God, goddess, but they also revere an idea of God. That's important. God is seen to us as um, also, the, also in three like kind of different three main uh, concepts. So there's the idea of Father God, right? The mm-hmm. Son. Yeah. Uh, Ra would be a great example in the Egyptian pantheon. And the solar deity that is born at the winter solstice and dies later when it, it's reborn. That's, that's you know, the, the archetype of the Christ is right. a solar deity. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there's also uh, the vegetation god. The idea of God as vegetation. The green man is a great, great archetype. The the fertile uh, seeding of nature is the idea of God. Right? Is that 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 vegetation god? Again, it's a dying and being reborn. That constant cycle of nature. You know, um, one one deity that uh, that I'm thinking of would be Tammuz, which comes from the ancient. Uh, Sumerian traditions. Um, and then there's the idea of God is the horned God. God is the anim- God of the animals, which is a very ancient form of God. And that God basically represents the archetype of the hunter and the hunted one. And they have, there's images of him going back to prehistoric times in caves in France. 
There's images of him on cauldrons that they've dug out of bogs. There's something called the Gunstrip Cauldron. And he has horns. And, you know, that's a, that's a fearful thing in it, of Wicca is the horned god, the idea of this horny god. Uh, you just mentioned another one of those great words. Do witches have cauldrons? Witchers do have cauldrons. I have a cauldron. What's a cauldron? <laughs> a cauldron is a, it's a symbol. Much of much of Wicca and pagan tradition are is tapping into these archetypes that are really important. The cauldron represents the goddess's womb, and it's where transformation happens. It's where we. Um, you know, where we mix up our brews and our potions. I, I, I like making potions. Potions, what are they? These, you asked me about spells before. Spells are, are, you know, Christian scientists have their own form of spells. They, they cast these affirmative praying where you are basically setting your intention and your intention, you put it out, you invoke the creative power of God, goddess. You name what it is that you're bringing into being you release whatever's standing in the way of you achieving that, and you you name what it is that you so desire, and that's what a spell is. It's it's invoking that power, and in the cauldron is where it happens. Um, not all witches use cauldrons, but I do. Beautiful. Tell me, you'd mentioned um, virtue in her her text. What are some of the other texts? Because I mean, that's in 1960. It's a fairly you know call it a sacred text. It's from 1960. What are, what are some of the other texts that? Well, about text, to. I think the most, you know, there's plenty of books on Wicca that I would recommend. Um, there, Janet and Stuart Farrar wrote The Witch's God and The Witch's Goddess, and they wrote The Eight Sabbath for Rich Witches, and these go back to the 80s, and they're great books on the real foundational literature. Witchcraft Today by Gerald Gardner is one of the early ones as well. Doreen Virtue wrote some excellent books on um, the, the holidays of nature, uh, the the practice of of our tradition and what we do and and what we do is basically we tap into nature to um, it's a very practical tradition so it, you basically align yourself with the rhythms of nature to help yourself in your life and to help others and to help the earth and we do that by you know working with stones we do that with working with herbs we do that working with water we do that working with fire a lot of witches are into crystals and um many are into uh what, what i would call shamanic practices right these are shamanic practices and the sense shaman with a small s being that that's an anthropological term which basically means that these are it's a different way of thinking you know, there's a different logic to it. And and uh, things like like attracts like is really important. So you would work on something and you would, if you wanted to, say, do a, a um, healing ceremony for somebody, a like attracts like spell would be you would bring in healing herbs and you might stuff a poppet with their image on it filled with herbs and then you would put that in a place that you could sit with it and send energy to that and that would be a good example of a spell and um it's about intention and it's about having faith that it's going to come together and i could tell you it works it's very practical oh, absolutely you mentioned the word shamanism and a lot of people are very fascinated by shamanism these days what's the difference between because you mentioned shaman with a small s mm -hmm. you know people say oh well, i'm a shaman i people say oh you're a shaman heather i'm like oh, i'm not a shaman so that's my my definition but how would you define like, what a shaman is versus somebody who practices wicca or witches 
And again, there's, there so, are similarities. Yes, I think there are similarities. And I think, uh, w like, as we started with, Wicca is a religion. It is a tradition. Um, shamanism, with a capital S, I refer to as the practice of the uh, indigenous people. I think they're from the Inuit people. Mm -hmm. But they, that is the name of their uh, medicine person. But a shaman with a small S, I clarify that being that it's an anthropological term to reference certain practices that indigenous traditions practice everywhere. There's not really a better word for it because the shaman is not only the medicine person, they're the person who's going to perform healing. Correct. They're the person that people go to for counseling in their community. They're the person that is the wise person to advise the, the chiefs or the kings or the leaders as to their course of action. They do divinity, divination. They read dreams. They, uh, they travel in spirit. These were all things witches were accused of, right? Right. The idea of riding on your broomstick, yeah. right? What was that? What is that all about? Why is that so such a powerful idea? Well, what they know about those times is that a lot of these, um, the witches' formulas that they would mix up mm -hmm. had a lot of um, hallucinogenic-type drugs in there that they would rub with mm -hmm. bear's fat on themselves, and they would go into a trance, and they would travel, and they would fly, right? And they would go to the other world, and that's that's what shamanism mm. is. You you, right. it's a separate reality that you connect with. So I think that Wicca is a way, it's a pathway that incorporates a lot of shamanic tradition or practices to allow people to step out of this reality into to connect with the spirit world. Do you feel that you've been able to do that through your practices? Do you feel that there are times in your practices when you have been able to connect, if you will, to, to a world beyond this world or a world next to this world? I was always born with that gift. You were. I, I, all my life I've had vision. I've always had experiences of the spirit world. I've had a near-death experience when I was four. And these are the kind of things that people who call themselves shamans, like a real shaman doesn't call himself a shaman, right. but the, it, it's an initiatory experience. Um, and yes, with the practices that a lot of witches perform, uh, drumming, raising energy in circle, chanting, singing, dancing, those are ways, those are methods to get themselves into a state where you're going to connect with the next, the other world, which is just on the other side of us. Right. We have a deep belief in that world, most of us, that this is just one side of reality, that there's multiple realities. Hi, I'm Heather Shea, CEO and Spiritual Director of the United Palace of Spiritual Arts here in Washington Heights in New York. We'll be back in just a minute with Wiccan priestess Wendy Van Allen. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to this month's Open Heart Conversations, exploring the wisdom of Wicca. Say more because I, I do believe in, in, you know, we'll call it, it's a Harry Potter, but dark magic. You know? mm -hmm. But talk a little bit about, because sometimes there is the, the, the darker side, or are there, are there you know, bad spells or evil spells? Or So, you know, uh, 
I think that points to the morality that guides us. Um, Wicca is a, a life-affirming tradition. It, it really is about uh, affirming our our will in a positive way. So there isn't a lot of negative baggage. We we are not some people that have thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. There is no Bible, okay? The our, our sacred text is the earth. It's like connect with nature and nature will teach you what you need to know. But um, the Wiccan read is what is our morality. And that really says, by the Wiccan law ye must, in perfect love, in perfect trust. Mm. Eight words the Wiccan read fulfill, and ye harm none, do what ye will. Lest in thyself defense it be, ever mind the rule of three. Follow this with mind and heart, and merry ye meet, and merry ye part. And what that basically means is that our, this is a universe of free will. And we govern our own choices, but karma governs that. And again, using a term from another tradition, karma is karma. We believe in karma. What you put out there comes back to you. Do people do evil things? Are people jealous? Do they gossip? Everybody does. You know, I think it's naive to say there's only good witches, and that's a, that's a bunch of crap as far as I'm concerned. There's people that do get into these kinds of traditions because it gives them a sense of power. You know, get like, oh, I'm powerful now. I'm going to work magic. I'm going to do this, and a lot. And and sometimes that could that could definitely backfire. So things like love magic gets into the gray area because oh i fell in love with so and so and i know when i was younger i practiced a couple of those and it backfires (laughs) because they don't really love you you know you might you might be controlling them for a little while but it comes back to you you know um anything where you're going to try to control another person their will uh trying to manipulate things that uh that really you have no business doing. So it, it really does come back to wisdom is like making the right choice. What is the right thing that's for the good of all and the harm of none, which is something that we end our spells with a lot. It's interesting because in, in many ways, every religious and spiritual tradition has its shadow side, yep. not just Wicca. Isn't that true? That is really true. But I think that's what's important about our tradition is that we don't get into the it's all white or it's all black. It's all, ah. we are a tradition that believes in balance. Right. Just, you know, balance is the most important thing that we can achieve in this, in our lifetimes today. And, and, and as, as you mentioned, I'm also a Lukumi, Lukumi priestess. And again, in, in, in that tradition, it's about balance. It's not about, everything does have its light in the dark. And that's really been the problem with patriarchy and with what happened with the Christian religion is they insist so much on everything's positive and light about us. Well, what did they do? They turned around and demonized everything that wasn't them. And one of them was the horned God, mm-hmm. right? Became the devil. And, and anything that is not of the book is evil and bad. And, you know, it's throughout the Bible. And that, that's a problem because we are not all good. We're not all evil. We are a combination of both and we're human beings that are here to evolve. And Wicca really is about um, practically working with nature in a practical way to help ourselves and our community and the earth and other sentient beings, other creatures, you know. But um, when 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 people do get on power trips and they do do negative things, there's a built-in law, and it does come back to them. And I've seen it. I've seen it 
uh, you know, I've practiced this tradition for 30 years. And there was a time when I actually stepped away from it for a little while because of people that were on power trips and on on um, control yeah. and a lot of things that they would practice. You know, there's a lot of people that would have these things called witch wars. And, you know, we could go into that. But right. <laughs> what what are some of what are some of your practices? What are some of the things that that you'd, you've spoken, for example, of cauldron and spells, so that's part of the practice. What are other practices that, that um, wicked practitioners will do individually or collectively? Well, just to clarify, like I said before, a spell really to us is a form of prayer. It's yes. a form of prayer, for one. Wiccans gather together at different times of the year. We gather for eight major holidays. What are those? Those would be, um, it starts the year with Samhain, which is our Halloween. And that is the holiday of the dead. Mm-hmm. Holiday to honor your ancestors, honor, uh, to honor the dead of the land, to honor uh, the ancients of our tradition. Um, and that's a really, that's that's the the... The reason that we associate it with ghosts and things like that is because we believe that that's where the veil of the year is very thin, that spirit can come and go at that time. So that's the beginning of our year, and that's at Halloween. And then, you know, in other traditions, it's El Dia de los Muertos. Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's the same holiday, idea. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's honoring at, and and why do we honor her at that t- that time? Because that's when the earth, at least in the northern hemisphere, goes under. Right, right. it goes into winter, so it brings way, winter in. In the Christian tradition, it's recognized during the same time, that's and it's right. called All Hallows Day, right? It's called All Souls and All, all Saints, souls, and yeah. they ad- and they put that there for the very reason because all the pagans were celebrating at that time right. anyway. So they, right. what they did, the more successful way of fighting the pagan traditions was to incorporate them into the Catholic calendar. Right. Um, and then after that, we have Yule, which is the holiday that's the winter solstice. Um, you know, uh, again during Christmas. That's Christmas. Right? All so <laughs> many of the Christian, mm-hmm. you know, what we call Christian secular ideas are from pagan tradition, like mm-hmm. Santa Claus and the evergreen tree is the bringing in of nature that's always there, you know, the lights, because it's a, it's a light holiday, it's a solar holiday that reminds us the light will return. So a lot of what we celebrate at Christmas time comes from pagan tradition. Um, after that, it would be in bulk, which is February 2nd. Uh, in the ancient calendar, that was the time of the beginning of the lambing or the beginning of the the, the quickening of nature, when, when they say that the the sap runs back up in the trees and that's when nature is going to change and it's going to begin the springtime which would be the following the holiday which is the spring equinox and uh that's called litha litha is also known as ostara which gives us the word for easter and she is the goddess of the um easter eggs and the bunny rabbits and all of that stuff is from the pagan tradition so the goddess of the new green earth um, the next holiday would be a very important one, which is opposite of Samhain, which is Beltane. It's named for the uh, the ancient god of the sun in many different cultures. In the north, he was known as Bel. In the south, he was known as Baal. And, of course, the ancient Jews and the ancient Christians really try to push his his worship down. But he was a sun god fire god and those that ceremony that was they used to have and to to this day they still raise maypoles in europe 
Um, it's a fertility celebration. Fertility again is so important to those to the to the people of the past because we had to have, you know, you have to remember in those days that if you had ten kids and two survived, you were lucky. So fertility was really important to mm. to the ancestors. Can we stop there? Because there is always this perception that among Wiccans, there's a really radically different um, understanding and experience of sex and sexuality. Um, some some Wiccans, for example, I know will practice uh, some of their um, their rituals in the nude, for example. Um, sexuality is just seen and experienced differently. Can you speak a little bit to that? I absolutely could. It is seen and experienced differently. It, one of the most powerful weapons the patriarchy has used against humans is shame. Shaming us for who we are. Shaming us for be, the, the way we're born. For, for being sexual with one another. For women's beauty. For, mm-hmm. And that the, the attraction to lust. The idea of lust. So in pagan tradition, we honor nature and sex is part of nature and it's not a bad thing so sexuality is is embraced and it's um it's for some pagans and some witches that it's really a big part of their ceremonies um and and we celebrate all forms of sexuality and what i've seen in in the last 30 something years in wicca and paganism is an evolution of even forms of uh, gender gender identity and uh, it's kind of refreshing actually there's a, a group out of um, Pennsylvania, Stone Circle Wicca that was formed at Four Quarters which is an interfaith earth, mm-hmm. earth-based um, sanctuary out there and uh, they, their form of Wicca has not only God and Goddess are invoked but so are all and um, non-binary the concept, <laughs> the concept of people that are 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 uh, gender fluid, and uh, I think that's fantastic because it's true. There isn't just really two forms of sexuality or gender. Mm-hmm. There's people that are both, and people yeah. that are and none, are none and that's yeah. what they celebrate. Stone and that's Circle also true in nature, and that's true Absolutely in nature exactly. Right. Yeah. So, so um, sex is something that we see as a celebration of life. But again, going back to the Wiccan read, you know. I think that, and ye harm none, do what ye will, means you need to have some self-control. You know? Could you really say, because there was a thing you talked about, do no harm. If you could just recite that again, because that was so beautiful, and I want to make sure that we, we really emphasize that in, in this program. The idea of, and ye harm none, do what ye will, lest in thyself defense it be, ever mind the rule of three. And what that means is live, enjoy life, embrace life, um, embrace all life that has to offer, but be ever mind if you are harming someone else, including yourself, then it's not something that's good for you and it's not good for others. And so it keeps you re- to remember, it helps us to remember that we must always be mindful of ourselves and others. And I think that goes along with what we're talking about with sex is a lot right. of times people can get in trouble with sex Absolutely. too much of anything, whether it's food. And this is, you know, being, a, you know, a, a tradition that, that embraces sensuality and and um, everything from all different appetites. Let's say, you know, I know a lot of pagan people that that become may become a problem, or um, it might be food. It might mm-hmm. be for me. It was it was substances, and for me, I had to give that up in the end, and that helped me to re- retool myself. But 
Um, but it's interesting because you began not by talking about sexuality. It's interesting that as a Wiccan priestess, you began by talking about the unbelievably important sense of balance. Mm -hmm. That Wiccan was grounded in this deep, deep, deep reverence for balance. Mm -hmm. and, and literally a level of balance that was overwhelming. Balance of dark and light and balance of shadow and all all of it balanced. So in many ways that speaks to then also the perspective on sexuality, which is truly embracing it, loving it, celebrating it from a place of balance. What do exactly, you agree? Exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, embracing our inner as a female, embracing my inner male, embracing um, for men, embracing their feminine side. Right. Oh, how much does this earth need that? For men to be in touch with their feminine side and be okay with it, to be gentle, to be loving, to be nurturing, you know, for women to be strong, you know, so the, so all of that, uh, that balance. And, and again, there's a saying in the craft, it says, as above, so below. Okay, what we are a microcosm of the macrocosm. Mm -hmm. So everything that we have now, who we are, is reflected in the earth. And what's happening now? And this is why it's so important that these traditions are being rebirthed and re mm -hmm. reborn, is our earth is out of balance. Our earth is screaming at us. It is being flooded. And that is a serious thing. Global climate change is a perfect example of the end result of patriarchy th patriarchal thinking that man is dominant over the earth. It's just this inert matter that we can use and abuse to our heart's content that, you know, the, the elements, uh, it doesn't matter how many trees we cut down. That doesn't, it's really, we're divorced from that. It doesn't matter about mining into the earth and taking the blood of the earth, which is basically gas and oil. That's her blood, mm -hmm. you know, and there's going to be no consequences for that. Um, for, you know, clear cutting and destroying forests and trees and crops and for, for cows and too much of everything, abund overabundance of everything, overabundance of people. This is the earth and she's going she's gonna to respond. It's not if anymore, it's when. So we have to come back into balance. And that begins with ourselves, you know, within is is there such thing as a Wicca diet? Is there a Wicca feast? I'm just. I always <laughs> there's go back plenty to of Wicca feasting. There's <laughs> plenty of Wicca feasting. Uh, that is part of our our celebration. Our monthly full moons. You keep asking me about practices. We have monthly full moons. We have monthly new moons. We and 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 I when I say we, there's millions of people around the world that practice this alone. They have their own, or they have a partner, and they do it at home. Or they belong to groves or circles or covens even. Or, or they go to um, pagan gatherings. And that's where there's a lot of feasting. And people come together and, you know, usually you celebrate with something called cakes and ale, which is after, this, after you've raised your energy or come together for, to, to, to worship and to raise energy towards a certain purpose. Say people in your community need healing. Um, then you would you know, break it down and give thanks and have food and ale or food and water or something to that effect. So, you know, it's sort of interesting. Let's say I were to visit you mm -hmm. and I know that you and your partner are about to open up a community and we can talk about that a little bit later. But let's say I was to go and, and visit and to, to be, participate in one of the practices, participate in a ritual, participate in a worship service, if you will. Tell me how that would look like. The moment I walk in, what would I be walking into? What would I see? What would I experience from beginning to end? 
That's a great question. Um, we would gather in a circle and we would invoke the elements. Uh, we would invoke the directions. We would most likely cleanse the space and you with some form of either incense or an ablution using, using waters. And then we would call in the ancestors because this is a tradition where we honor our ancestors. Your ancestors, my ancestors, whoever is present, their ancestors are important. And the ancestors of the land are important <laughs> because you have to honor the people that came before where we stand. And then we would call in, in and invoke God and goddess. Some people are very specific about that. For me, it's usually God and goddess. We would probably raise energy through singing. We would, um, we might dance. And at that point, if we were, there was a reason, of, if we were doing a holiday celebration, we might say some words specific to that holiday. If it is a form, if it is a monthly uh, celebration, we would probably. Um, have a purpose that we were working on in our lives, a practical, as I said, it's a practical tradition. Somebody needs to get a new job. Somebody needs to get a new home. Somebody needs uh, their family sick. Um, that's when you would raise that energy and speak that to the universe. After that, we would probably continue with uh, either a meditation um, or drumming or some kind of sound raising. And then we would give thanks to all those assembled, including spirit people and God and goddess. And we would proceed to close the circle. And that would be what our ceremony would look like. And that could last for an hour or half hour. It could be very short or it could be very long, depending on the people assembled and what you're trying to do. And and how do, and how do I show up? Because we, in these conversations, we've spoken to different traditions where they say, you know, come on in. You're always welcome. And we've spoken to other traditions that have said, no, you're actually, not welcome to come in for these reasons. So let's say Jose and I just wanted to show up. Do we just show up? I, you know, want to get a new house or I want to do something. You know, how do, do I just call you Monday and say, hey, I'd, you know, like the, stop by? Or how that does, is how a that very, work? that is an excellent question. Um, and, and it's important too, because you're right. In some, some mystery traditions that you, you're, if you aren't initiated into that particular tradition, it is a closed tradition. And I, I think Lukumi is more closed than that for its own reasons. But Wicca, because it's a reconstruction, it's very open. Mm. Uh, pagan tradition is very open. I think that it, you would probably want to know somebody and you'd be invited in. Um, and that's because of people still have such crazy ideas about it that they would feel like if they don't know somebody, so they're going to come in and preach. Are they going to ruin the circle? Are they going to ruin the energy? You know, so it's, it's, you would be invited in. And you would come as you are. I think, I think for me, um, you know, I'm not big on uh, you have to wear ceremonial robes, but some people are. Some people like the, like the theater and the pageantry of mm-hmm. it, and they enjoy that. I mean, we we tend to wear our, our regular clothing, but if we're at a, a if we go to a gathering where there's a lot of people for holidays, it's fun to get dressed up. Of course, you know, sure. it's fun to get dressed yeah. up. Yeah. We have a little more time left, but I do want to hear about your new center and and where it is and what you're doing and, and you know how we could show up if we if we wanted to and what that would look like. Also for our listeners and our viewers, uh, it's called Soul Blossom Center. Say that again, Soul. Soul Blossom Center, the blossoming of soul and consciousness. Mm. And this is a vision I had when I graduated One Spirit as an interspiritual minister that I wanted to found a center. And it's a place for healing. It's a place for connection with the land and with spirit. We're going to have classes and workshops. Uh, I'm going to 
teach a probably a monthly moon circle and I will call it a grove, which is a looser uh, grouping of of coming together to to learn from one another, teach Wicca, teach uh, pagan tradition, teach herbalism, teach things like that, and learn from others. It's not mm. just about me, you know, and really have a space for people to worship. Um, and that will be for full moons and holidays. And we're also going to be having uh, spiritist uh, weekly meetings. And that is a different tradition that I practice that's more about connecting with understanding the spirit world. And uh, we're going to be meeting there for that, too. Um, you mentioned some resources. But if I go, OK, I'd like to learn more and maybe I, you know, I'm not going to maybe I'm not in New York and I, I can't get to your center. What are some other resources for, for people? There are uh, Wiccans and pagans throughout the country, and other uh, types of paganism include heathenism, which is very popular today. Um, the, that's the, based on the Norse traditions. But there are people all over the country, there, uh, and the world. There's people in, in England, a lot of people being that that was one of the rebirthing places, um, and as, even in South America and stuff. But um, the resources that I would recommend, there's the Wild Hunt, which is a, uh online journal. There's Patheos, I believe, has a pagan uh, section mm-hmm. with peop- that talks about places and, and people that are doing things. They had a great article on pagan gatherings. And I would highly recommend, if people are interested in finding out more, that's a great place to, uh, to really meet people practice the tradition and meet somebody in your area that can teach you. Cause I do believe that it's better to learn from somebody in the old fashioned way where you, you know, it's traditional for a year and a day that you're going to study with a teacher who's going to, you know, and in some, some people assemble in covens, they do have covens. I was initiated into the Sullivan Grove back in 1994. And, uh, that's where you would meet people in your area. Um, there's, there used to be a, and I'm not sure if the journal is still active, but it's called Witch Box as well. And there, and that's broken down into areas that will give people uh, resources and groups that are meeting regularly that they could attend a, a full moon or a holiday gathering with people. I like that. I just want to ask one thing, because you said to uh, the, the training or the initiation is a year and a day. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by the day. But then what am I initiated into? You would be initiated into a Wiccan tradition, okay. one of them. There's many. Um, and you would train under a, a priest or a priestess. You know, most people consider themselves priestesses or priests in this tradition. Um, and there's many different traditions, everything from Celtic, which is the tradition I was um, initiated into, to more formal, which are the Gardnerians and the Alexandrians, who are the naked ones. <laughs> and uh, and then there's Dianic witches that really just focus on the goddess. Many of them are lesbian covens or, or female only. But there's uh, gay and lesbian covens. There's uh, more kitchen witch style people that practice more uh, green witchery or herbalism. Um, people that practice like... Uh, Strega, it's the Italian uh, witchcraft, and it is witchcraft. Those of us who've been in this tradition for a long time, like me, we're not afraid of the word. It's it's the craft. The craft is the the practice right. of the religion. When you think of Wicca, and you think of the modern world, 
what exactly, what are the two or three great lessons or gifts that Wicca has for the modern humanity? The gift is that you too can can awaken to your connection, to our interconnection, our absolute dependence, not only on the earth, but on one another, that, uh, you know, when the bees are threatened, that threatens us all. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the oceans rise, it's going to affect us all. So Wicca is that pathway for people who have a reverence for the earth and really don't want to see us and really realize what we've done by cutting ourselves off, you know? So I think that for many, you know, in this technology world where everybody's staring at their screen all the time, we don't even talk to each other anymore. Um, you know, it's going to be a practice back. It's a practice, Jose. That's the most important thing that I want to say. It's a practice of your life to, to make it a priority that you're going to take your shoes off and connect with the earth. It also sounds like it's a a practical practice, a term that we use around here a lot of really something that you can apply, the singing and the dancing. And you had mentioned... um, And the creativity. creativity. You said three things. I think that it gives us creativity to create and to to really believe again in things that are beyond ourselves. You know, it it gives a a kind of freedom, you know. Um, The goddess is very present. I mean, if we want to think about her today, I want to say... Go down the river a little bit. She's standing in the harbor with her, with the, you know, holding a light of freedom. You know, I always love the Statue of Liberty because that is a feminine deity. Mm-hmm. And that liberty is what people all around the country, all around the world right now are striving to be free. You know, it's, it's, it's this sense of, of, of freedom and power that you can take onto yourself by just really becoming a whole person by embracing both your male and your female side. Thank you for joining us today. We invite you to learn more about the United Palace of Spiritual Arts at unitedpalace.org or come join us. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org.